Hello and welcome to the latest This is the Music Meets podcast. I'm delighted to be joined by one of Scotland's finest songwriters, the frontman of the one-to-ones and formerly the NSA. I am, of course, talking about solo star Nick Shane, who has just released a new acoustic live album, which gives a great overview of what Nick is all about as an artist. Nick, thanks very much for coming on the This is the Music Meets podcast. How are you doing? Yeah, good, thank you. It's as busy as usual. Great stuff. It's great, as I say, it's great to um, great to have you on, and um, got quite a lot to uh, to cover in today's podcast, and I'm really looking forward to it. Um, as I well, say, we've just mentioned the, um, the the live acoustic album that you've just released, um, but we're gonna gonna come on to that um, a little bit later on. Um, but sort of like to start things off, really, I want to sort of almost go back, like right to the very beginning, really. Um, and kind of like find out what are your, you know, earliest, um, you know, musical memories like growing up? Um, probably right back at the start, it would have been probably my brother or my dad, possibly. Um, my mum as well, I suppose, with, uh, well, my mum was into the Beatles and yeah. the sort of Northern Pole kind of bands. Um, my dad was into more sort of blues kind of music, mm-hmm. um, other things as well. And my brother was into like the Beatles and that. So, yeah, um, going back, listening to him playing the guitar when I was a small child would probably have been one of the main sort of reasons that I started doing what I was doing. And and um, from then, it just sort of went, sort of definitely, like, I started for the same reason that everybody started, just to impress girls and boys and stuff. So. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> so, yeah, would, would you... <laughs> the main reason why a lot of people do what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, sure. And, and would you say, um, like looking, like looking back and, and and looking where you are now, would you sort of say that that those influences are still very much, you know, there in, you know, in in your songwriting and you know, obviously across, you know, obviously the one to ones, obviously recently, and, and obviously like your solo stuff as well. Uh well, not so much the the chatting up girls side, but but the songwriting and that yeah there's a it kind of goes kind of back and forward between them sort of modern the sort of modern vibes that yeah that we did with the album uh april with the 121s album um that was sort of heavier and more sort of indie and dark and bluesy mm-hmm. and that kind of thing but the the solo stuff's more sort of it's really stripped back and the only reason that it's like it's not played live with the band as much because we don't really have the well, it's quite difficult to transport orchestras and and seven guitarists around the, around the country like live and stuff. So the solo stuff, kind of like that, like the new, the new, the brand new stuff is is very like it's very orchestral and there's yeah. lots of uh, different sort of instruments. Left is quite heavily involved in the new stuff, like he was with Wild to the Moon, um, that album that we had in April. So. Yeah, it's all quite um it's all quite weird and mysterious and nice and um uh, those two singles will be pretty good. We're gonna put that out maybe well hopefully by the end of the year. We've had a couple of mad ideas for Christmas singles and stuff like that, but I'm not sure if that Christmas single idea that I had was gonna transpire. So I don't know. We've got two pretty decent songs to put out um that are quite laid back, very yeah. laid back and quite strange and mysterious. So yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that 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 sounds um sort of really interesting and, and quite exciting actually. That you've got that you. It sounds like you're going to have a couple of, you know, certainly maybe one new tune at the, at the very least out before before the year's over. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, it'll probably be two. To be fair, we're, we're still we're still a couple of waiting on a couple of things to to move forward with regards to um, a few instruments and whatnot. And uh, we're doing two videos as well. Uh, we've got a lot of people. Well, we've got a few good sort of actors involved in in um in a couple of videos so uh yeah there's a lot to to sort of do and a lot to to go through before it sort of comes out so yeah i'm aware of the time and I'm aware of the the <laughs> process for pr maybe but i would really like to have them both out this year so that i could start 2023 with um with basically a new album of, of new things like mm-hmm. solo sort of tracks and that yeah yeah yeah, sure, and and obviously as we mentioned obviously obviously you you got your solo stuff, and obviously with the uh, the uh, the one twenty ones as well. Obviously, 
<clears throat> excuse me, sorry, with um, with Wired to the Moon coming out of the earlier on in the year. So how then do you decide we're going to put this song's going with with yourself, like under your own name, and then this song is going under the 121s? Is it is it purely and simply just like a sound and a, and a feel with with what's been written or, you know, up to that point in time with an album, for example? Uh, yeah. yeah, well, the, the 121s, the, the, the whole... The whole deal with the one twenty ones was it was songs that were quite heavy and quite sort of sort of band sounding sort of like you know like mod kind of influenced songs. So you know we did want to have a sort of I wanted to have a kind of side project that was that was its own sort of name. So the one twenty ones itself, it's really just in the the, the guys that play in the one twenty ones, Gav and Peter, uh, the, the two other guys, they play on solo stuff as well here and there. I've got. Got a right, couple of drummers okay. that, that do session, and I've done session work with a few different guitarists, different bass players, and that. But ultimately, it's it's really Gavin Peter who who they they they've done a lot of the the recordings for the solo work as well. Like a lot of the solo work, like I say, is too quiet to do live, and sometimes it's literally just uh one guitar and a microphone. So mm-hmm. um we don't really do those songs live. I'll keep them for the sort of charity solo gigs and the sort of solo appearances that I, that I'll maybe occasionally do. Um, so yeah, we we kind of there are songs that are like really quite quite laid back and quite strange and weird and stuff that couldn't probably couldn't be played live with with a guitarist and a bass player or a drummer. It would just it would take mm-hmm. too much um to like just too much chopping and changing between people. Or, like somebody's on a sitar over here and then they're on an S Raj over there and bongo drums and all that kind of thing, <laughs> pianos and stuff. So yeah, so we just kind of keep it a bit. Simpler and we we'll do gigs. We'll we'll do the sort of heavier, faster, louder sort of songs, which is mostly the stuff from Wire to the Moon and Stranger Times has obviously got its own sort of good live sound as well. So yeah, um, the two upcoming singles probably probably won't be won't be played live very often because they are quite um quite different. Well, they are going to be quite difficult to play live. To be fair, yeah, sure, okay, and um, and obviously. On the subject of um, of Wired to the Moon, um, obviously, which was released back in in April this year, um, I see that it's yeah. amassed over um, one hundred thousand worldwide streams um, so far. So, when you kind of like considered that you haven't really got you know like the major label backing at the moment, um, I mean, I guess that kind of like proves that if the tunes are great, um, then they're always going to get heard. Um, so, I mean, how would you how you know? hearing them figures and and in, in you know how how does that make you feel uh yeah i try not to get too bogged down with numbers and figures and stuff because it just becomes like and like likes on instagram and that are basically just like currency to a lot of people these days and it's a lot of validation for a lot of people and i can see why like everybody wants to be like have like loads of followers and all this kind of thing but um no i would rather just um no, I don't really get like the numbers and that's all great and all all fine and well and that. But I know I know I could think of probably four bands right now off the top of my head that I've got double those amounts of figures, and then I can think of a band, a few other bands that I, that I'm in contact with who have got probably millions of streams on their new albums and stuff. But then you would just lead yourself in a rabbit hole of absolute self-loathing mm-hmm. and misery. So it's best <laughs> just not getting. Like, I lo- I like looking at the numbers. Like, I love watching like. The amount of people that are listening when something comes out and that, that's all fair and well. But to be honest, I don't look at these things very often. I've always got my head in something else. Like when one song comes out, I'm all I'm like I'm already working on four yeah. other ones. I mean, so I just kind of focus on the next part of the part of the thing because it doesn't you can't really sit back and relax on a single. I mean, you can't put a single out and you can't just spend the rest of the year kind of doing nothing because it does kind of dissipate a little bit and the the plays do go down and you've got to kind of keep putting things out. And mm-hmm. I've got quite a lot of stuff sitting there that is ready to kind of go out. So I just kind of keep trying to bounce on to the next thing. That's how I've been for all this time. I've, I've had pretty much, an al- on, on average, an album out every year of like 10 or 13 tracks. So... Yeah, I'm always very, very busy. I don't, so no, I don't have time to look at these numbers. I'm fucking, I do really like it, but I just rather not. It's just like a, like a minefield. Like, okay, I've got a hundred thousand, but the Skinner brothers have probably got two hundred thousand, and Laurie Wright's probably got about three hundred thousand, and yeah, yeah, stuff. So like, 
you know, who cares? Like, it's just numbers. And I mean, it's, it's good. I do appreciate those 100,000 streams that I've had and I mean, it's, it's great, but let's make it 200 for the next one. That's, that's what I kind of, how I kind of live, live by. Yeah, sure, sure. Okay. And, and obviously on, on the album there, um, obviously you, you, there was obviously yourself writing, you had a, you know, sort of two or three other writers as well that are credited with on some of the songs. So, do you kind of how do you find that process of of you know of of, of writing on like in like as an individual or you know I guess effectively like collaborating with um with somebody else? Uh well the the people that played on them was Paul Letty writes credit on quite a lot. He he kind of takes his own. I send them demos and stuff. Um, the way would the way we've kind of have to do it now. Well, with lockdown and stuff, uh, like mm. Wired to the Moon was all put together in lockdown. It was meant to be. It was actually in the process of being recorded in March. Was it the March twenty twenty that it started? So yeah, yeah. Um, it kind of be out a while ago, and uh, the lockdown hit, and all the studios and that shut. So we had to kind of just patch it. So, um, the way it works now is people have got their own sort of remote little stations, and Neil Morrison, who's a again a fantastic songwriter, he plays on a couple of songs. Mm-hmm. Um, he would just do all his own stuff in his own space and send it back to me and I would send it on to the studio to be mastered and same with Lefty and same with Jen on backing vocals and Haley on backing vocals. We'll all kind of just do our do our own recording in our own space and um or into a studio and then get it mastered from there. So yeah, I've never really written a song with anybody per se. Like I've I, I wrote kind of Stranger Times was kind of written around what Ali did on guitar. Um and Wired to the Moon, the title track certainly was was written around the feel of the band at the time, which would have been Gavin and Peter and and stuff. But a lot of these songs are quite old. Like the, the, a lot of these tracks lead back to two or three, sometimes five or six years right, previous. Okay. So yeah. Uh, yeah. So um yeah, like Cloudy Monday, for example, I wrote that when I was seventeen. That that would have been two thousand and seven. And that didn't come out till twenty twenty, and whole oh, oh, all those songs were all written five or six years ago, and that. So, yeah, yeah, quite a quite a, an, an interesting mix there. And would you, when you look back on albums, is there like a song that you would go on sort of like most proud of? You know how that sounds on 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 the final record, or I'm, I'm assuming obviously if you've released them, you're going to be pretty happy with all the the sound. Otherwise, it it wouldn't get released, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, well. It would probably it's like every album I've had's been like my best album, I, I think. And but as soon as it's out and as soon as other songs are recorded or being written or recorded, those kinda the last whole album sometimes can kind of fall to the wayside, apart from occasionally one or two or three will will pop up. Like the NSA songs, I still try and keep a few of those songs going. Um the band do kinda do their bit to sign still keep those songs sounding as vibrant as what they did when they came out. So yeah, like Long Brown Hair, um Junkie, um Feverland, um and a few others and kinda they'll they'll kinda stay. But a lot of them yeah, a lot of songs do just get written and recorded and just get shelved and yeah and that's it. They'll get move on. Like a, a lot of the songs that have got lots of acoustic guitars in them or lots of harmonies or lots of strings and that like sometimes you just can't do them live. Um, certainly not how how you would like to do them, and just kind of get left. Yeah, 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 sure. And and obviously, um, in uh, July, obviously uh, of this year, your like most recent uh, solo single, uh, "Stranger Times," obviously came out. Um, so for those that haven't heard it yet, um, why haven't you? <laughs> but can you maybe give us a little bit of uh, you know a bit of a background into know sort of like the meaning the meaning of the song um and you know and 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 how you came around to recording it uh yeah so originally it was just um it was just a little sort of um silly it was really based around a little riff that i'd made up with a really nice chord in it um i think i'm pretty sure i made i've never seen this chord before but I'd, i'd sort of worked out this little chord and um and I like the riff and uh, just based basically the whole song around um around that that little riff. Um, so like basically the, the intros mm-hmm. 
those. So that little, that, that one bit is basically the whole thing. And um, so I started it just before lockdown. Uh, I got the, the riff and then I got the the chorus sort of riff and that. And then um, and I started to write the lyrics about like lockdown. And it was as lockdown had kind of started, it was I'd written about how, um, how like the going into lockdown would be obviously quite difficult, but coming out of lockdown was going to have its own kind of problems. Mm-hmm. And uh, as this, so it t- took basically two years from writing it to releasing it. And when I was releasing it, it, it kind of was coming out of lockdown and the, the problems that I thought were going to happen were starting to kind of happen with people being anxious and um, and not what, like feeling a bit out of place with suddenly being locked up for two years and then being released again as if nothing's happened yeah. and we're supposed to just move on and forget about the fact that we were locked up for two years. A lot of these kids that, that were complaining about are causing all the trouble, like they've all had like two years of their life stolen from them, like from with no reason and no no apology, no um no like no slack in any way. Just like, oh well, we're out now. Behave yourselves and stop <laughs> bombing things and stop trashing everything. It's like, well you they've been locked up for two years. Like when when people get released from prison, like the, the, the one of them causes havoc and like and you, you say, Oh well they've just come out of prison. It's like, well you've just they've just come out of like a prison that they've done nothing to deserve, you know what I mean? So Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah I, 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 for, for young hooligans and whatnot to be fair. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so, so that's how that came about. Um, that's how the song came about. It was maybe about sort of like depression and, and that kind of thing. And um, um, so I'm still in two minds whether uh, you know whether it's uh, I, I was going to promote it in that way, like whether it was about depression or about about sort of like feeling isolated beyond lockdown and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So I told I, I'd originally told Charlene Spiteri this when I'd met her at a Texas gig. Um, and I'd asked her to be involved um, and she said she'd be up for it but they were on tour at the time um, I was speaking to a friend who was pals with Ali who played the guitar and he said mm-hmm. to just give him a message like on Facebook and and whatnot so um, yeah I found, I found him on, on Facebook and spoke to him and he agreed to do it and uh, we've been pals not say we've been pals, we're not like best friends but like <laughs> He's in the process of recording um, guitar parts for the new songs as well. So um, he seemed to be a semi permanent fixture for the year uh, with regards to guitar tracks and that. Mm-hmm. Um, and who knows, we might get a gig together one day. He stays, um, well, I won't, I won't say where he stays. I've already given off information. <laughs> yeah, he won't thank I'm you. <laughs> Probably shouldn't be saying all I say because people might search for him, but no, um, he's, he lives somewhere in the UK and uh, we might we may meet up, who knows? But, um, yeah, yeah, yeah that's how long came about. Um, and from then, it's because the, the song itself, I think, is kind of a cross between Wire to the Moon and say Cloudy Monday or Youth in the Young, like from the actual solo, like completely solo side of things. Yeah, it's a yeah. kind of cross between songs in a way. So I like to keep that vibe going, like not have it too boring and mellow, and have a little bit of bit of vibe about it, and uh, a little bit of a dancey kind of Texasy feel um, yeah. about it. Yeah, sure, and um, and that sort of takes us on quite nicely, actually. Obviously, we mentioned um, at the top of the show with the uh, you've just released the new acoustic um, live album, which is called um, Live at the Blend Coffee House in uh, Dundee. Um, it's obviously yeah. it's a fantastic um, sort of collection of songs there, and, and and for me gives a sort of a different perspective really of of the one twenty ones Wired to the Moon album. Um, so how then did the idea of of um, of the acoustic album come about? Um, is it something that you've always wanted to do, um, or is it something that you know just sort of came sort of like naturally as a you know as like a conversational sort of decision to try and to try and do something maybe a little bit different to what everyone else is doing at the moment. Yeah, it was just a good opportunity to to record um with Ed that plays piano basically. He's a really fantastic piano player. He plays we plays on all the solo stuff. He's done Stranger Times, he's doing the new stuff as well. So 
Um, he he uh, runs, well, he was running a few gigs at Blend Coffee House. A few, a lot of people have played there over the past maybe year or so. And uh, we just decided to record our set. He'd asked me to play a gig there, and, and I'd arranged for him to play with me as well, learn a few songs and that. So just decided to record it and put it out. Um, you know, why not? The tools were all there, and Graham Brown and Connor Brown uh, recorded it for us. And uh, and we put it out um, a few months later. So, yeah, I, I like to do little live live things here and there um, every now and again. Like, we recorded a whole live version of Wire to the Moon in lockdown in different sort of studios, but we've still, I'm still to do something with it. We're going <laughs> to we're gonna maybe put it out, but we'll, we'll play the songs much better now, I think. So I don't really like putting stuff out that's pretty rubbish, to be fair. Um, yeah, yeah. But, but even the live album... Um, People have said they like it, but I, I don't really. I wouldn't be rushing to listen to it uh, anytime soon. Um, I just think it, again, it was rushed. I felt I, I rushed myself, and I'd had a lot of coffee. Um, because of the coffee house, it was not. It was literally all just coffee. So I had about seven or eight cups of coffee before I'd played, and my hands were shaking. I was absolutely sweating. I just got myself too nervous and flustered, and. Yeah, it's again. It sounds a lot better now, but everybody probably says that about their live stuff. So it's, it is what it is. There's no point sitting on stuff and crying about stuff. Just record it, and if it sounds not as good as what you think it might, then who cares? Just put it out. <laughs> so obviously, some of the um, the tracks that that are on the the one twenty ones album, such as um, uh, Revolution in Our Head. Uh, in our head, sorry, um, and obviously, stranger times that we've touched on have, have kind of like got a bit of a sort of a political uh, sort of vibe um, about it. Maybe sort of feelings of sort of anger and and, and maybe you know the the, uh, the well sort of like the government, obviously as we as we've mentioned. So, do you sort of like yeah. feel that there's still a platform for musicians to voice their opinions on on topics like this, or do you kind of like feel that that maybe now it's you know, maybe sort of a bit like a dying art type of, if if, if that makes some sort of sense. Yeah, a bit of both, really. It's a shame that it has become a dying art. I mean, like, there's a lot of issues that people have got with the government. And, you know, just, I don't think there's, not everybody's ever going to be happy. Like, 100% of people are never going to be happy. But yeah. there are issues that are just painfully too too much to like overcome like Revo- Re- revolution in our head was written um uh in about 2017 or 18 or maybe even sooner where uh, earlier sorry when when um it was all the food banks were on an absolute rise up in scotland um the the Tory was were just like really it's, it's always been bad but i felt personally for me it was bad for me at that time you know there'll be people that'll think it's worse now you know people that think it was better then or whatever but um, me personally it was it was a kind of rough period for me having to cope with a few sort of difficulties um financially and socially i suppose as well um so yeah revolution in our head was about completely about um that yeah there was a line in it it was about an affair that i had actually um as well but yeah there was a line about yeah so um so there's a lot of lines about the about the food banks and like um watching your family and your loved ones dying around you because of being skint and and that kind of thing uh and having affairs yeah, sure. I mean, obviously, on that, do, do you kind of like feel as well that, um, as I say, like it, people are almost scared to speak out and voice their opinion, like what they're actually feeling, or you know, in 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 terms of obviously we've mentioned their food bank, obviously, is a is a you know whichever way you look at it, it's, it's a pretty dire situation, isn't it? Really, um, we should you know, fact is we, we shouldn't shouldn't be any food banks, you know, let's let's get it not not a country that's as rich as this. It should be more more being done but um uh, that's 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 my two penny worth for it anyway um but kind of like why do you feel or why do you think maybe that that people don't seem to want to speak out as much in their music with 
like topics that you know that are you know pretty much you know a hot hot topic so to speak in you know like you know from a social perspective um yeah well probably the, I mean there's still a stigma about food bank use and um people being skint in general and like I don't don't know why musicians don't uh sing about food banks and being skinned more because we're all absolutely skinned a, a part of like only when do you break into the charts again when you start seeing real actual money like we're mm-hmm. all absolutely skinned. I don't know anybody that can live off of like Spotify streams and that like it just can't happen. I mean like point three since now point three of a pence per stream yeah. now or something like that and like I don't know anybody that can that can live off of this in our kind of in our kind of ballpark like myself and the guys that you have on on your playlist and that yeah. I don't know any of them that, that would get enough streams to live off of just basing on that that sort of number yeah. alone. Yeah. So yeah there's a, there's a big stigma I, I sat on the radio on Wave 102 in 2016 and sat and told all of Dundee that I was I'd been at food banks and I was using food banks and I was skint being um because of they wanted to know what well the guy wanted to know what the songs were about and I was like well the songs are about being absolutely skint and and at the time it was when this big DNA thing was happening in Dundee so there was a lot of like really negative like bad feeling about like how can you justify putting an eight million pound museum in the, the, the middle of the town that's full of absolute crap like <laughs> just total like students like total like posh crap like yeah. really rubbish and um, when there's when there's food banks and stuff on the go so at the time yeah like the VNA thing I think going back to where to the moon a lot of those tracks were written around that time so the VNA thing I just I've just suddenly remembered the VNA thing really annoyed me that was what that was what a lot <laughs> And so, yeah, I mean, I've sat and told, I've been really open about it. I'd be like, well, well, yeah, I've been using, I was using food banks at the time. You know, it's just, I didn't have a job at the time and I was just solely dependent on going busking and stuff. And streams, which back then, like it wasn't, Spotify wasn't really wasn't as popular as it is now. There was, there was a lot of competition, like a lot of people were still using YouTube and that. So, um Spotify wasn't for everybody back then, so it was it was even less. You know, it was getting about ten or a month sometimes and stuff. It was just wasn't just wasn't justifiable at all. But um, yeah, it's just one of those things. So um, yeah, I think activism and political activists and you know gay rights activists and trans rights and that that's all still still a thing. Um, it just depends on how you go about it, like shouting about when shouting about. The individual members of the government and, and songs and calling them like horrible names and that it doesn't really get the message across it just makes yeah. it into a joke it makes everything into a joke it makes the struggles that people are having into a joke and it's just the musical equivalent of just sharing a really funny meme about not having electricity on facebook like nobody's going to change anything if people are laughing about it you know what i mean it's just so yeah it has to be done in a sort of way that that might make the right people listen, but I don't have all the answers. And I don't. I'm not. I'm not Jeremy Corbyn. I'm not Paul Weller. I'm, I don't have all the the right answers for these kind of burning questions that we've all got. I don't think so. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Sure. No. Definitely. I don't. Don't really uh, dis- disagree. To be fair. So, obviously, um, as we as, 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 as well, if people don't know anyway. I guess you maybe would consider yourself to be like part of the uh, like the mod scene, and obviously you're. Um, a brand representative of, of of several, uh, you know, sort of mod, sort of mod, you know, mod uh, clothing brands such as Madcap, Merc, um, sixty six clothing, Atom Retro, um, and Subculture as well, just to name uh, just a few. Um, so what would you say does what does being a mod mean to you? Um, and how did and how did you become about becoming a um a brand rep for these for these companies? Uh well yeah um I suppose being a mod as it is like it's it's not really a, it's just like a thing it's like a it's like you know you're a mod before you even know what a mod is or, or I certainly did anyway I knew I was I knew I was into the, that sort of style like the the hairstyle and the clothing style originally it was it was really just like sort of like Paul Weller bits of Paul Weller and. Liam Gallagher, like they say, Paul Weller's the mod father, but 
Paul Weller's changed up over the years. You know, mm. he's, he's done his own kind of thing. And Liam Gallagher's kind of went with the we like people like people look at a modern and they'll, they'll, they'll just think Liam Gallagher. That's the modern way people kind of think, but really it's it goes kind of back further. Like Steve Marriott and Paul Weller would have been the the faces of these sort of mm-hmm. organisations before. Um, before Liam Gallagher was like the poster boy for it, but um, yeah, um, it's all kind of just started with with uh, Oasis, I suppose. They they like they were out at the time when I was growing up, and they sort of led to Weller, led to the Who, led to the Jam, and then it sort of went from there. And then it, from then, I kind of went back further to the, the 50s and the 60s, and and uh, like this new new album, I've got I've got a few covers. That I'm thinking about maybe doing on there. One's from 1960, and one's from 1930. I'm thinking about maybe putting on as well, which is like a really old sort of blues kind of track. Uh, which again, it all stems back from the sort of uh, northern soul and uh, sort of rhythm and blues and that. So, yeah, it's um, it's just a kind of uh, it's all just a look, really. I mean, when you think about the the aesthetic of it, um. But you've got to kind of put your own spin. You can go out wearing like a Harrington and have your hair cut the exact way and have like the shoes and like have the, you know, you could, you could be like a proper mod or you can put your own kind of spin on it. And people like Madcap and Merck um, and all these guys, they've all uh, they've all kind of got their own little styles here and there. Like they'll take a polo shirt, but they'll they'll maybe make it a little bit more seventies than it is sort of eighties or nineties, or they'll mm-hmm. take a a Harrington and they'll, they'll they'll do mad things with it and that. So um, like the the sort of Afghan coat that I got from them a few months back, um, again wouldn't really be nothing to do with Oasis in any way. So it's yeah, they've got their, they do like to put their own kind of spin on it, keep it like from not just nineties and eighties, but sort of sixties and seventies, bits of the fifties and whatnot as well. Yeah, yeah, sure, and um. Obviously, also, well, you've just um, announced details of of three gigs uh, that are happening. Well, in, in October, um, which look like from from the sounds of it, they're going to be the last sort of shows for you of of, of twenty twenty two. So, can you tell us um, a little bit about these shows and, and for people that that are coming down, what can they expect from uh, from Nick Shane? Uh, yeah, okay. Well, there's a the three sort of different styles, I think. Um, well, the first one's October the sixth. That's in a place called McCool's in Glasgow. Uh, that was through the through the, the management label that, that sorted that out. It's with um, Kyoshi Kyoshi Station and Stay for Tomorrow, two other bands that Jane manages as well. Um, that's on the sixth of October. That's in McCool's in Glasgow. Um, I think it's just a case of turning up. I don't think there's much in the way of pre-sales or anything like that which is which is always nice to hear and uh, after that we're the 8th of October we're in Dundee and it's just myself and that's Ed my piano player he's um, he runs these gigs at Blend Coffee House so I think it's just a yeah. lot of the bands who have played for the past few a few months or so are doing a sort of big festival together so again um, that's in Dundee uh, it's uh, just end entry entry door money I don't think there's any pre-sales and then again on the 15th of October it's another charity night it's um, Jenna Gordon's charity that she's uh, running um, I've forgotten what the charity is but we'll just skim <laughs> over that it's too big of a massive one it's um, really sorry because I was sitting having a conversation with somebody on Facebook about it they were like oh that's really good I've got that as well and I was like oh yeah it's really the, hard to be involved. It's um, I I haven't got the full name in front of me, but I do definitely remember seeing uh that it's to do with endometriosis, um, right? On that one, so yeah, I remember that. Cool, right? Well, that's it. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> so yeah, big, big following up, and uh, so I'm playing that on the on the fifteenth of October. Um, that's in Dundee as well. It's in the Park Hotel, I think. So. Yeah, there's one in Glasgow and there's two close to home. Um, and then I'm just gonna take my time a little bit and work on some new stuff. Um, work on some things needing sort of sorted out here and there with a few tracks, a few other issues as well. Um, a few videos that are uh, that are that are on the way out. Um, and uh, 
yeah, I'd rather just get a load of recordings done and um and get some new material for twenty twenty three. Like the the gigs thing, we've done uh, done a few support slots in the past year or two years, and we've done a few headlines as well. But we're looking to just kind of slow it down a bit and maybe just do a couple of headline gigs a year, um, maybe a couple of festivals as well if there's any that would have us. Um, uh, but yeah, we're looking to just slow things down a bit and I'm going to do a lot more sort of production-wise sort of videos, nice sounding songs, um, cool photos, you know, Gail Porter and all that. Might do some more work with her. Mm-hmm. Um, might might change it up completely. I might... might um, might decide not to do music at all anymore in 2023. Who knows? I might do something completely mental. Um, <laughs> you know, like a movie or something, I don't know. Like a film or but, uh, I'd like to be in other people's videos, to be fair. I'm always crawling about looking for people to be in my videos and nobody ever asked me to be in this. So I would like to be in other people's videos, have a little character. Yeah, yeah, sure. And um, for those... Sometime. And yeah... yeah. Yeah, sure, definitely. Yeah, yeah, it's been um, it's been a like a yeah, it's been a quite a fast paced um sort of year. We had well from the start from the start of the year, it was Valentine came out and I was doing all the promo for that, and then uh, Wild the Moon came out in April, and then we did the tour in May, and then Stranger Things came out in July, um, and the live album that was just dead there came out, and then there was lots of gigs sort surrounding that time, um. And now I'm going to do On Riverside and Shine Over Me, the two songs that are coming out this year. So, yeah, it's, it is really tiring. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm really tired. <laughs> Basically, I'm really, really tired. I just really want like, a couple of weeks or a couple of months where I can sit and just not worry about a thing. But, like I say, you've got to keep some kind of fire burning somewhere. And uh, I'd rather just pile up all the recordings uh, for the rest of the year, maybe get six or eight recordings that are ready to go and just put loads of singles out for the first part of the year and maybe think about planning a tour in February. But I don't know, I was planning one in November and I just decided to just not do it because it was, I was still too tired. So I'm getting very tired these days. I don't know, I don't know about anybody else, but I'm shattered all the time. So um, we've got uh, some quick fire questions uh, for you now. Um, what's your favourite venue uh, to play? Uh, I don't know. They're all good, I suppose. But um, uh, Room 2 in Glasgow is very good. The, the sound of the drums is incredible. Um, the sort of buzz of the, the sort of bass side of things is really, really good. Um We've been looked after quite well in a few different venues, like the Barlands back in 2015. Um, they were very nice, very accommodating, um, really nice people. Um, same with uh, Nice and Sleazy's in Glasgow as well. Three Glasgow venues and the, the staff and all that are always really, really nice, welcoming, friendly. Um, yeah, it just depends on what the situation is, I suppose, but for the venue to seem seem good, I suppose. the there's a few um, Barnumans in Edinburgh as well. We thought that was a good gig. Um, yeah, there's loads, loads and loads. Yeah, sure. And if there was any venue um, or festival uh, that that you could go and play, uh, what what which one would you choose? Uh, there's probably about a hundred, hundred and fifty, probably um, all the ones that don't apply to my emails. Probably. One, <laughs> um, I'll tell you. And yeah, uh, let's go with all the festivals um, and all the venues. King Tut's probably, I'd like to play there. Um, I'd like to play in Edinburgh more. There's a lot of, I find myself in Edinburgh very often. We played in Barnumans a few months back, but I think that was the first time in a long time, like a good number of years, that, that any of us had played in Edinburgh at all. So I'd we'll probably like to play there more. I've got really nice people there. Um, and a few of the, the Glasgow ones as well, I suppose. Um, yeah, festival-wise, probably, yeah, probably all of them. Nothing too mental. Like, I don't see myself getting thrown about and covered in urine or anything. Certainly not when I'm <laughs> playing a gig. Um, 
<laughs> no, definitely. I don't blame you for that. And I, I, I think I already know uh, the answer to this question. Um, playing vinyl um, or streaming and, or downloading your music? Uh, well, yeah, I don't actually have a vinyl player at the moment. I did previously, but I've got a few... I've collected a few records over the years from my pals and and other bands and that, but uh, yeah, vinyls are really hard to get a hold of and they're, they're very expensive to to build to, to to fund. And um, I would like to live in a world where everybody's got vinyls and stuff, but when you're kind of on the move, you're kind of relying on streaming and that. So I can kind of see both the both the 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 sides of it. I mean, streaming is very very cheap. It's very very um, logistically, it's 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 you know it's very easy to maintain. You can have thousands and thousands, well, endless amounts of songs on on your phone and that. But yeah, um, the sound obviously, vinyl sound is always nice. Um, but sitting on a bus, you couldn't really do that. So <laughs> I can understand. I do like. I'm gonna we're we're gonna maybe think about getting some um, vinyls of possibly Wire to the Moon. Um, certainly the Certainly, the new album that I'm doing that'll have like Cloudy Monday, Youth of the Young, Stranger Times, and the the next couple of singles on it. Um, definitely going to think about that. Left is put me in touch with uh, with his guy that does his vinyls and stuff. So um, I'm maybe going to go down that route. Um, he seems to he seems to do quite well with his vinyl sales, and he has like a fan base who are only vinyl and that. So yeah, mm-hmm. I can maybe see myself breaking into that market in the next couple of years hopefully when things um the price of all vinyls is really like extortionate and uh that's the kind of main thing that stops a lot of people from doing it otherwise we'd all be doing it yeah you know? definitely and if you could pick um well yeah we'll say free uh free musicians uh that you could choose to to go down to the pub with who would you choose um probably be uh I don't know, like uh, the guy from the Skinner Brothers seems pretty mental. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, Definitely, yeah. Pints, to be fair. Um, I don't know. Um, Charlene Spiteri, uh, she seems mental. She'd be a good laugh. Um, I don't know, like, because, you know, a lot of these people, like, they're, they're the same old fun in that but you don't really know what they're like when they're on their own and I've been in a few situations where there's been like awkwardness with you know people musicians especially over the years so I don't know I don't really go out very often so I think um, I don't know I don't think a lot of people would really want to go for a pint for me to be fair I'm quite quiet and boring really Um, I don't really dance on tables like I used to or anything like that Charlene Spiteri, Zach from the Skinner Brothers, and um, and uh, I don't know. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, Laurie Wright. Let's just say him because I've been following him for a while. Like he, uh, he played at a festival with us in 2017 when he was in a band called The Lodgers. But I still got one of his CDs here that he gave me, mm-hmm. and I gave me one. Gave him one of mine. Um, and he was a good laugh, so yeah, I'd like to to meet him again. He was pretty cool, and he seems like he's got a lot of mental stories. And uh, he's like, he's totally like um, his style and like what he wears and his on his covers and his photo shoots and that is is pretty pretty cool. Like pretty close yeah. to being a mod. I, yeah, mm, yeah, definitely. Yeah, uh, yeah. Hey, three great choices there for me. Um, so yeah. obviously, as you know, here at, um, at this is the music, we um, we obviously like to try and champion uh, sort of new bands and, and solo stars as as well. So, is there anyone over sort of like over, over the year of twenty twenty two that have that have caught your eye in particular? Uh, yeah, there's been a you know a few people. I've been working with uh, Jodie Ray, who has just recently signed with the label. Um, she's from uh, from Scotland, uh, from the sort of West Coast area. She's fantastic. Um, I yeah again Ben Walker. If you've had him on your show, I think he uh, he's he's a good laugh. Um, yeah, he's, he's got an amazing voice. Um, yeah, he has. Yeah, uh, he's he's got really good songs. Um, yeah, like 
pretty much the, the people you've heard on your show have been pretty pretty close to close to my my range in that like uh, every week there's there's at least somebody in there that I, that I know and uh, it's pretty pretty good lineup. Um, yeah, it's uh, like I said, I don't really go to a lot of football. I've been doing a lot of gigs this year, but it's been sort of around. Well, we've done a few headline gigs, and it's been our sort of maybe our pals that have been supporting us along the way and that. So it's uh, there's been a few really good bands that I've, that I've noticed, but I, to be honest, I have kind of had my head down lately with my own stuff. And uh, I've, unless like your show the other night, I had the, the repeat on uh, on Sunday there, and I, oh. from start to finish, I really loved it. Even oh, listening to Beyond, something I don't normally do. To be completely honest, depending on the the station and that. But um, yeah, uh, I tried to listen to a lot of the stations and that, and try and keep up to date with a lot of the, the bands that are that are coming up around us. You know, like uh, in our sort of genres and that. And mm-hmm. There's a good mix of stuff. You know, it's it's all like it's all kind of gone about eighties a little bit. I think in some spaces, there's a lot of uh, like Stranger Times had a strange. Stranger Times, the program has had yeah. like a like a kind of an influence a little bit. Like there's a lot of Kate Bush and Metallica mm-hmm. albums being sold all of a sudden. So yeah, it's it's a good time for music. I think there's yeah. just not a lot of like, there's not a lot of appreciation for it. There's not a lot of funding for it. There's not a lot of um, you know there's, there's there's not a lot of things that are that that are like maintainable. Like maintainable, I think. Um, like you could go in a venue and it could be it could be free entry for all, for all you know and if you're still paying like extortion amounts like six pounds for like a ten of beer and stuff then you're not going to get the footfall that you got before lockdown and that mm. you know, yeah. there needs to be a, a more support like like anything it's like the electricity it's like the gas and it's like the, the fuel and that everything's just going up and there's just no rhyme or reason for it. It's just everything just needs to cost an absolute fortune now. And that's why I've kind of wanted to do less gigs and that. I want to just focus on being streamed and being viewed rather than being people coming out and having to spend a fortune to come watch me because you know, I can't yeah. afford to go out half the time. So why would anybody else? Yeah, no, definitely. I agree with you totally. And um, what's um, what's going to be next then uh, for you? You've kind of like mentioned um, you, you've potentially got two, maybe three songs coming out um, before the end of the year. And you've also sort of mentioned throughout the podcast, um, you know, you've got a couple of other sort of exciting projects, um, you know, on the go. So, so are they are, are they going to see the light of day before the end of this year that the two sort of projects you've mentioned and the music or, or we sort of more looking now towards uh you know sort of early part of, of, of maybe next year no i've still uh got a few things to do this year um this month uh well we're, we're coming to the end of recording the two songs um and sort of mastering them and stuff like that so yeah we're, we're looking to i think the end of october we're going to have a single out if not within sort of two weeks of that and then yeah uh, we're looking at the um four, six, maybe eight weeks after that, there could be another single out as well. Um, it might take us into the new year, but uh, yeah, I would like to have them out this year. Uh, it's just going to be about PR for the rest of the year and and radios, radio plays for the songs themselves. Um, I've got a few contacts with uh, like sort of film festival kind of side of things where we're looking to, well, the, one of the videos we're doing is, going to be pretty big and it's it's got a lot of parts to it and it's uh, got a lot of fantastic people in it as well um and the first the the other video that we're doing as well is also pretty cool um we've got an actor a pal of mine that's uh been in a few scottish um programs and stuff over the years he's uh been involved in the video for that so yeah it's it's all about kind of videos and cool videos and cool sounds um and just taking it easy like uh it's been a, it's been a pretty fast paced sort of couple of years even before lockdown finished I, I was really busy with the with the band's album and recording it all from home and trying to master it and then having to send it to a studio to master it and stuff and all that kind of stuff that went with it so I'm just looking to maybe do a lot from home um, do like I say a couple of gigs here and there uh, headlines throughout 23 but nothing too nothing too mental I don't think 
<laughs> Great stuff. Well, it certainly sounds like it's um, going to be a, a sort of a busy, busy end to the year. Um, and, and obviously quite exciting as well to hear the, the future plans and, and what you have got um, in in the pipeline um, as well. Um, unfortunately, that is the end of the This Is The Music Meets Nick Shane podcast. Thank you very much for coming on. I've really, really enjoyed it. Um, it's been great getting to know you and, and understanding how you work as, as an artist and and, and obviously the, the crossover with the 121s and, and obviously into the solo stuff as well. Um, but just before you go, can you let the listeners know um, what social media platforms you are on and where they can find you? Uh, yeah, it's pretty much the usuals. Uh, Spotify, Apple, um, iTunes, Google Play, these are uh, Tidal, um, which is a thing that was on. Apparently, I've never heard of it, but there you go. Um, <laughs> I also on, uh, on Instagram, on stories and that, you can use songs. Just type my name into Instagram when you're putting a story up. You can use a song on there. It'd be quite great. Um, and Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all the usual places. Just type in my name and you'll, you'll see me. I'm on, I'm on most things. I'm on TikTok as well, but I rarely use it. It's just there because it kind of needs to be there and stuff. It's, uh, <laughs> it's just one of those things. I'm going to look at maybe doing a bit more of it. Not so much dancing around like a pure melon, but I'll maybe look at putting little clips of videos up on on and maybe just making the sounds like these little 8, 10 second sounds. Just If that's all people's attention span is these days, then let's just do that. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> absolutely <laughs> yeah. absolutely and um we will we'll include um nick's uh social media handles in the episode bio um as long uh along with the uh the free gigs uh that he mentioned that he's playing um in in october um as well um all that leaves me to say is uh thank you for everyone tuning in to the latest uh this is the music meets podcast um and thank you as well to nick um for coming on uh today it's been it's been really really enjoyable lovely to meet you finally <laughs> absolutely definitely couldn't agree with you more there um and i will see the listeners um somewhere somewhere down the road thanks one.